0: All right. I don't want I don't want to just go 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 go. There is so much I can share on this topic and um, our time is limited So I'm gonna try and just hit the nuggets of like the most important things that I want to hit But at the end of it, we can have some Q&A Is that cool and uh, feel free just to ask any question you want on this topic? Okay So let's just commit this time to the Lord. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to gather around your word. We prayed earlier for wisdom. Lord, I thank you that that wisdom is here tonight. Lord God, that wisdom that comes from heaven—that is supernatural, not Wayne's wisdom, Lord, not a book's wisdom, Lord, but Your wisdom, Lord God. That's what we need, Lord. Lord, when we're navigating relationships and marriage, and Lord, this is this is the most important, one of the most important, if not the most important decision after choosing You, Lord. And uh, and Lord, my goodness, we need wisdom for it, Lord. And so, I pray that Lord, You would breathe through this session tonight. And, Lord, you would take the words that you want, Lord God, to impart and impress on hearts here tonight. Lord, I ask for every man and woman here tonight, Lord God, to, to receive what you have for them, Lord. Holy Spirit, come and encourage. Do what you need to do for every person here, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so I thought maybe I'll start tonight... Um, you know we, we're talking about flying solo and and some of the questions we 're going to talk about are how to be single and satisfied and how to find the right one. Can Christians date online big question help i 'm in love with a non christian can we can we date non-Christians? Do we do dating? Is is there courtship? What's the difference between courtship and dating? There's There are so many questions around this tonight. I'm going to try and hit all of those as we go through it tonight. I thought, you know, just to say, you know, I, I do have some experience in this field. I know I'm, I'm not a single man tonight. Um, I have dated women, all right, just so you know that, right from the start. And I'm currently dating a woman um, who so happens to be my wife. Um, we date weekly. All right. Um, so I, I have, I wasn't always married just so you know that as well. there was a period in my life where I was single. I got married when I was, uh, in my late twenties, middle to late twenties. So there was, you know, 20 something years of knowing that it was, it was, it was flying solo. Okay. It was, it was me, and me and then there was a period when it was me and Jesus all right and i can definitely say that the the me and me wasn't good and the me and Jesus was much better uh in particular in this area of relationships um i i i came into faith as as a as a person who knows how to do relationships the wrong way okay there is a way in the world to do relationships you know that it's typically it's the hollywood style um, of of relationships where it's like it's based on attractions and there's this feeling and there's Taylor Swift singing in the background and you know it's good looks and it's sparks and chemistry and then the next thing is riding off into the sunset and it's romance and it's happy forever after and we we know that picture is painted so well and that was all I had in my mind when I was a young man and I thought that's how it works I find someone I get i I'm attracted to them and then I'd sca- the room, you know, I'd be like looking around and I'd go beep, 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 attraction, attraction. And then I'd, I'd follow through on that attraction and then I would engage. And then guess what? Sometimes, not all the time, actually a lot less of the time, they were also like, yeah, okay. And then we would, we would have, no idea who we are in that process we would have no idea who they were in the process and the next thing we were boyfriend and girlfriend and the next thing we were in this thing called a relationship and then we were trying to navigate what that looks like and so i i i've been i came into faith having had a a track record of tremendous failures in relationships, tremendous failures. I can't, if I, I it would be depressing. If I had to start talk, talking to you tonight. I'm not gonna talk to you tonight. I'll save my testimony for like a man's camp, you know, that's where it that's where it really comes out. Okay. When the guys get together we sit around the fire they say, Wait, what happened? I'll tell them what happened, you know? Because it's it's really it's depressing and I know this, I know this. That nothing can make you like a relationship, but nothing can break you like a relationship as well. And so I know what it's like to have a broken heart. I know what it's like to walk in brokenness. I know what it's like to break other people's hearts. I've seen how bad a relationship can go to the point where one person in the relationship even wants to commit suicide. It's so bad. So, and all of that, I've experienced all of that simply because of one reason. I didn't have the wisdom that comes from God. That was it. I was purely basing relationships on what I was receiving from Hollywood movies and what my friends were talking about or whatever. That's, that was my blueprint for doing relationships. And the end result of it was tremendous brokenness. And not only that, I saw tremendous brokenness around me as well. And so tonight what I want to share is what I feel is just wisdom from heaven, okay, to help navigate this thing. Um, I thought I'd start off by giving you some, some cheesy Christian pickup lines just to help you, all right? Here's here's the first one, okay? Feel free to, like, you know, write these down and put them in your pockets, okay? Here's a good one. If you meet someone you like, you can ask, did it hurt when you fell from heaven? <sighs> That's so bad. Or you could say, I feel like God is telling us we should go on a date, or, what about this? Hey, baby? You were made for such a time as this <laughs> or I didn't believe in predestination until I met you.
1: <laughs>
0: you float my ark okay don't that that is just that is just so bad, okay. <laughs> Well, the reason why I share that is because sometimes there is this way that as Christians, we can take the world thing and we can Christianize it a little bit, but it's still the world thing, okay? And I'm not here to share with you that. I'm not here to just kind of tell you to be good or, you know, just sugarcoat this thing in any way. I want to give it to you straight as it is tonight, okay? And I know that this can be difficult for some of you here tonight. I know there's some of us here, you've been single, and you've been single for a long time, and you're trusting God for a spouse, and you're wondering, Lord, when is this going to happen? And, and I hope that tonight um, you, you're going to be encouraged, and you're going to receive faith uh, from the session, that, that there's going to be a transfer of faith tonight that there will be a, like a spiritual transaction that takes place tonight. That's where my faith is, that you would be encouraged. Um, because I feel like some of you tonight, when, when, when I was just waiting on God for the session, some of you just need to hear from the Lord, you're doing it all right. <laughs> just stay the course. Just stay the course. Just stay the course, you know. Uh, the thing about staying the course is, um, you know, we never know what's around the corner. You know, and there's sometimes the temptation to get off the course. You know, listen, let's be honest. If we were to actually go and do relationships the way Hollywood says, we could all get hooked up tonight. You know what, we really could. We could, we could drive around, we could find, we could search, we could do something, we could all get hooked up tonight, we could, we could get married by the end of the year. We really could. There are drive-through marriages. You know, you can, you can do a drive-through marriage. You know, um, it's it's really it's like it, it it's not that hard, okay? But the the thing is, do we want that? Do you really want that? And um, and sometimes, if you've been walking on the road and doing it all the right way for a long time, sometimes that can be tempting. Sometimes it can be. You know what? Let me just do this in my own strength now and not in God's strength because God's not helping me in this process you know and and this is the thing you know is that whenever we do things in our own hands we really do not you know we make a mess of it and I'm I'm speaking from experience in this area you know I I thought you know I had to go get me a wife you know so I went and did that in my own strength without God without guidance without counsel without wisdom and it went as a pastor for the last, I don't know how many years, 14 years, one of the the things I've seen the most is those who've built their relationships on Christ and those who haven't. And let me tell you something, there couldn't be a bigger difference. There couldn't be a bigger difference. I, I can't tell you how many marriage counseling sessions I've sat in with people who are literally tearing themselves apart, families apart, kids apart, um, because uh, they they come to me <laughs> as like a last resort, you know, like I can solve this now. But I'm like, my goodness, I wish, in fact, the last couple that I sat with right here doing marriage counseling, this, I said to him, you know what, bro? I wish I could like smack you because like you should have come to me six years ago. Six years ago, I could have helped you. But now you have built a house on sand and, and it's going to fall and I can't help you right now. And so we're going to. I can help you walk through the falling of all of this, you know, and, and we can do some damage control. But you have to get off the sand and get on the rock, you know. And so that's what I want to share with you tonight. It's just like how do we do this thing on the rock and not on the sand? How do we build a house that stands, that, that even winds and storms come, man, you stand, you know. Um, when I got married to my wife, I didn't think... To be honest, <laughs> I hadn't been in a relationship like with with the same person for more than a year. And the thing that scared me most about marriage was what's going to happen after the first year. Like will I still be in love? <laughs> you know, what if stuff like problems come our way? What if something will I be able to stay the course? Will I be able to remain faithful? What if somebody else more attractive comes along? What if, you know, I had all these what ifs in my mind and now I've got 15 years of marriage. <laughs> And, and <laughs> just saying, you know, like I'm pretty like, Wow, Jesus, you know, I'm like, wow, me, you know, the guy who went through all of that, I've been with the same person for fifteen years building on the rock, and I'm like, Wow, it's so different building on the rock. It's so different. It lasts on the rock, you know? And really people, that's what you want. That's what you really want to do. So the question is, well, how do we do we find the right one? Like how how do we get you know, because there's this process between being single and being married. There's this there's this process in between. And what does that process look like? You know, if we go to the Old Testament, we ask Abraham. Abraham's going to send his servant to go get you a spouse. You know, that's what he did for his son. You know, go go find my son. A wife. He sends his servants. <laughs> if we had to ask David, David would just take his wife. You know, he will just be like, "You're, you're my wife." <laughs> so, you know, there's there's a a lot of like, you know, if we go to the Old Testament, there's a lot of like, okay, we we can't do that. You know, <laughs> that's really not how we do it. When we get to the New Testament, what do we see? We see like a lot of stuff against sexual immorality. Like the New Testament is packed. Against sexual immorality, it's like the highlight. And so sometimes, as a church, so the churches, what we do is we just go, well, well, just don't be immoral. And a lot of people are like, okay, I won't. What else can I do? You know, like, is there, is there anything else to to kind of navigate this process? And it gets even more complicated when we start getting into different cultures, because you know, like when you get into a cult, when you're in different cultures, there's different ways to navigate this season as well. I mean, I went to this youth camp and in Cape Town and I was like with Trish and we were preaching and they asked us to come preach on relationships. So we're like, we got this, right? This is what we do. We do this topic, all right? So we go there and like we're giving them all this great advice, you know, we teach our relationship. And then, I, you know, I said to them, you know, so when you, when you see the right person, you know, what you need to do is you need to communicate your feelings correctly and um, in a good way, in a healthy way with that person. They all looked at me like, <gasps> and people gasped. And then I carried on with the message and everybody just was like looking down, switched off. I was like, okay, I lost my audience at that moment. Then they came and told me, no, no, in our culture, they're like like deep Afrikaans culture. (laughs) Like if you like someone, you don't communicate, you go to their dad first. And dad has to give you permission to go and talk to the daughter. That's how you do things. So I was just like, whoa, okay. So now that was their culture, right? Now, can we find that in the Bible not really. Maybe we could go and find some examples of like dads, you know, being the ones that give away their daughters. In fact, there's quite a bit of that, you know, in the Bible. But, but can we then apply that to everyone? You know, and, and, and is, it, is it the right or is it wrong? Can you see how confusing this thing is? You know, in some cultures, boys and girls sit on opposite ends of the church, and they're not allowed to mingle. Unless you go through like parents and a messenger and a, you know, and you know, that's like, so now, now everything I say tonight could actually like destroy that. <laughs> and, and so I want you to know that what I'm sharing with you tonight is not, um, is not to come against any culture. It's not to come against any kind of like thing that you've grown up with or customs that you've attached yourself to. All I'm going to share with you is really the, the what i'm sharing is for people who are urbanites who are growing up living on hollywood and living on the music that we get on the radios and taking uh, that's all they know all right that, and and what i'm going to share with you is just wisdom and you can take it and apply it in your cultural context okay you can take it and if it's offensive to you in some way then i apologize now all right but you're welcome just take it and apply it if you want or don 't apply it okay and the reason and the point is this is that there is no set way to get married in the Bible there is no set way I know of great men and women who met and got married within a week okay I know of great men and women in the Bible who have courted for something like seven to eight years before they 've got married I know of people <laughs> who are christians who ascribe who ascribe to arranged marriages in fact that christian man who asked his parents when he was of age to find him a wife and the first time he met her was when they were negotiating how to do the marriage like the wedding sorry that's what the first time they met all right so he didn't know the person at all Right And they're Christians, okay? And is that wrong? No. It's not wrong. Some of you are like, I'm not doing that one. You know, like, mom and dad ain't picking anybody for me, you know? I was also, I grew up in a home. I was like, dad, mom, no. It's like, I got this one. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Like, really, really back off. (laughs) Um, So, you know, is it is it wrong? No, it's not wrong. Okay? So... The, the point is this, is that between singleness and marriage, all there is, is wisdom. Okay. All there is, is wisdom. That's all there is. And, and you have to, and wisdom is this, wisdom is this. Wisdom is the correct application of understand, of knowledge. Okay. It's not just having knowledge, it's how to apply it. So wisdom, knowledge is, is knowing stats. Wisdom is knowing what to do with those. That information. Okay, so knowledge is like I understand something, I know something. Wisdom says I can apply that in my context, in this particular way, at this particular time, in this circumstance. That's what that's what wisdom does. And so, this is why my prayer is for you guys tonight is is wisdom is you, you would take this and you would apply it in your unique situation. Who knows? You could get married in in a week after meeting your spouse. I, I met my wife, six months later we were engari- engaged, sorry, engaged. I don't know why, that's a new word for us all tonight, okay, engaged. <laughs> we were engaged, alright, in six months, another six months later we were married, so like within a year of meeting each other we were married, okay, um, it could be shorter, it could be longer, I don't know, okay, is there right or wrong, no. There isn't, okay? It's just wisdom. And okay. so that's what I want to share with you. So let's look at Genesis 2, 24, firstly. Um, it says this. It says, Therefore a man shall leave. Can you say leave? leave. His father and mother and be joined. Say, be joined, be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Can you say one flesh? Alright. So When we go back to Genesis, what we see is obviously Adam and Eve, and then God speaks. The first institution that gets created is marriage. Um, And I don't know how else to say this. Um, I was sitting with an unsaved man who's going through a divorce, and, and he said this to me. He said, Wayne you know we 've been around for for like millions of years, and this whole marriage thing is actually a new thing and it's it 's not really how we were designed okay he 's going through a divorce right now, so he 's speaking out of hurt all right but he says this is not it 's not really how we were designed um, you know we it's not really it 's a new kind of society thing and I looked at him and typically with with unsaved people i 'm normally Gracious and compassionate, and you know I share the truth in love, and I rebuked him hard and fast to his face. I said, "How dare you say that? Marriage has been there from the beginning. God made Adam, He made Eve, and marriage was the first thing, the first institution that He ever put in place in this earth. Marriage has been the the bedrock is the foundation of a good family, and is Good family, a nuclear family, is the foundation of a healthy, prosperous society and nation. You take away the family, you take away marriage, and everything in society collapses. Uh, I was just listening to a testimony of a, this this young girl. I mean, she turned into just the most horrific person. You know, getting involved in Satanism and drugs, and just her life went and just. Put the rewind button. What did it go all the way back to? She was abandoned as a baby, left on the streets. She, was, she, didn't have a, she didn't know who her father was. Her mother didn't want her. Why did she end up being like she was? Because she didn't have a family. You know, every sort of brokenness that's in the world, every wrong ambition, every uh, driven person, every angry person, it's, you can trace all back to some moment in family where family wasn't like right. <laughs> and faulty, and that it like shaped them and bent them, and then they they go and produce that in society, you know. And so I just want to say also, marriage is a blessing, and it's from God. It's an institution, and it's holy, and we need to preserve it. So here we see God creating marriage right in the beginning, but He gives us a process of how marriage is meant to happen. There's a process. It says, therefore, a man shall leave his mother and father, he shall be joined to his wife, cleave to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. There is so much just in that, that I could, I could actually just talk about that for another hour, okay? But I'm just gonna nutshell it. There's the process. Leave, then cleave, then become one flesh, okay? The world has reversed that. The world says, become one flesh, <laughs> then learn how to cleave, how to be together, how to be joined together, and then, get on your own two feet and find your place in life, you know? I mean, if you went to university, you know. What, what's happening at universities? One Flesh is happening a lot. Do we even know each other? Well, kind of. We met at the bash, you know? Are we out of home yet? Have we left home yet? No, we're, we're still kind of dependent on dad and mom, actually. So we haven't left anything at the moment. And so the world kind of always flips things around. And, and, and God puts things in order and in process. If you go look at creation, you will see that he created the world with incredible order. I mean, he, he didn't make the bugs before there was food for them. <laughs> you know, he, he created everything with order and, and everything systematically followed a process. You know, first there's light, space, time, matter. Great. Next step, let's create the heavenly bodies, you know? Next step, let's drill down into the water system, create the water. You know, there's a systematic thing. So when God talks about, therefore, a man shall leave and then be joined and then become one flesh, he's telling us the order of things. He's telling us how things are meant to function, okay? Man always goes, well, I'll do it in my own way. I'll come through it that way, you know? And the result is always brokenness, okay? So leave, all right, what does leave mean? Leave really... It, it, in olden times, olden days, what would happen is you would grow up in a home, you'd come of age, you would learn a trade from your parents, then you would start to practice that trade, and then you would be able to, after practicing that trade, go and build a home, um, and, and then once you had a home, and you were set up with a, like some sort of income and stuff like that, then that would be the time that you look for a spouse, there right, thereafter, and and so there, there is just there is a lot of wisdom here in in leaving. Leaving is speaks about preparing yourself for life. That's what really leaving is all about. It's it's about getting yourself ready to stand as an independent person in this crazy world. That's what leaving means, and so it's it's about going. And it's about understanding that marriage starts with me getting me together. Yeah. All right? Not the other way around. Not like I need marriage in order to get me together. Okay? I don't, you know, we go really wrong when we think I'm going to be complete when I have somebody else to complete me. That's, that's when we, you know, they talk about like, you know, in maths, two halves make a whole. Um, that works in maths but in marriage it doesn't. <laughs> if you take two halves and you put them together, you get less <laughs> than a whole. Yeah, exactly. So in marriage what works is two wholes coming together, then you get a whole. Okay? That that's what marriage is. So so if you're needing someone to complete you, you're not ready for marriage. All right? You you've got to be at the place where Where you're getting yourself together. It starts with you. So so the world says, like, start out there. And God is saying, start in here. Start here. Work here first. And there's a couple things that Adam actually had um, that that we can work on. Firstly, he had an identity. He knew who he was. Secondly, he had work. (laughs) In other words, he had Purpose. God gave him a job before he gave him a wife. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, um, he, and, and a, and it doesn't have to be a, in our times like a literal job in the sense like I have a job. It, it's a calling. It's a, it's a purpose in life. It, ha, you, it's like you know, are you amening or are you asking a question? Okay, amen. <laughs> we want men with jobs, man. <laughs> Yeah. sure um, so God gave him purpose and then he gave him a wife so this is important he knew who he was or he knew he was created in the image of God God called him Adam he knew what his name was he knew his identity he had something to do he wasn't actually walking around going woe is me I, I'm lost without her You know, he had purpose he had something to be busy with he was giving himself to something. He was sowing his life into something. He was naming animals. He was tending the God and cultivating it with, and we see he had a relationship with God. He would walk with God in the cool of the day, every day, before his wife came along. So we see all of this as like necessary. Okay. You can so easily just browse through that and go, yeah, 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 get to the good part. <laughs> You know, man shall not be alone. And then God caused a deep sleep to fall and, and took out the rib and created even, you know, there was, there was at this moment, you know, we want to get to the good part. <laughs> you know, like let's not skip some very important steps that took place in between to get there. So my question to you tonight is, you know, if you're going to steward your single years, make sure you have a strong identity. Make sure you know who you are, you know, and just like, guys, we, we all battle with identity, you know, we all battle, like, I mean, the biggest question growing up, isn't it like, who am I, you know, where am I called for, what is my place in this world, how are we designed, you know, that, that is, that's there for us to go to God and seek him for it, you know, it's there, he is the one who gives us identity, he looked at Simon, and he was like, no, you're Peter. He looked at uh, Jacob, and he says, no, you're going to be Israel. You know, he is the, always the God who's, who's taking us where we at and going, mm, I'm going to make you. You know, Jesus looked at his disciples, and he, and he said, I'm going to make you fishes of men. I'm going I'm to turn you into something. I'm going to take your life, and I'm going to give you purpose. I'm going to give you identity, a destiny, something to walk in, okay? So it's important that we know that thing. That we know that thing. Um, You're not going to find that thing in your spouse. You're going to find that thing in God. Your identity and your purpose in life, gosh, I I can't even, it's so important. You have to have that. You know, otherwise you're going to find someone and you're going to be a burden. (laughs) You're going to need them to give you identity. You're going to need them to... Where are we going to go, honey? What do you want to do? I don't know. What do you want to do, honey? You know what I mean? Like, like. listen, that's one way to wreck a marriage right there, you know? is not having, like, I know what God's called me for before that moment. Hollywood reverses it. It's the other way around. You know, in, in all these movies, we see people who are like, I don't know who I am. And, oh, their lives are such a mess. And then... Da-na-na-na. You know, there's this ma- amazing moment and the music changes and they meet someone and now they are complete. No, be complete before that moment. In fact, I, I like, it's a prerequisite. I think God's like, you know, he takes time to make us complete before we can there. Because no one can complete us but him. Okay. So a strong identity. Um, some reasons. Okay. No, forget that. Let's move on. Strong identity and a strong sense of purpose, like you know your purpose and what you call to do with your life. And if you think about it, obviously God is going to bring somebody into your life with the same purpose, you know, like with, with the same calling at the end of the day. So you'll find that you you can walk together in that thing. And so, I mean, if you think about it this way, it's like, um, if you think like I'll find my purpose later in life and I'm going to find my spouse first, you're going to be looking for people who are not in your purpose. Yeah? Do you know what I'm saying? And the, and, but if you find your purpose, then everything around your life becomes driven in a particular way. It's a lot easier to find the right person because you're in the right place. you know it's all about the right place and the world says you know the right place is a club the right place is a dance floor that's where the right place is no the right place is your purpose get busy with what God's called you to do with your life and 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 you'll find it's very easy then to meet the right person okay so right place then person and then your relationship with God um is so critical to navigate the single years um you know, after I got saved, you know, I went through breakups, all right, and then I got saved, and I, I was so damaged from relationships that I was like, I just want to be like the Apostle Paul, you know what I mean? I was like, me and Jesus, that's it, you know, we, we are going gonna to do this thing. <laughs> In fact, God had to like really say, no way, you need to get married and get married now, you know what I mean? Because I was, and my wife too, she was like, Mother Teresa, that's me. You know, we were like really, like, we were not, you know. The number one thing for me in that time was God. Number one. And I look back now on those days and I'm like, he satisfied me um, in a way that my spouse can't. I look back on that and almost like, I was not alone. <laughs> I was not alone. I I can't explain it, guys. It's like you know your relationship with God is proud. it will satisfy you like nothing else can, not even a person. You know, he can he can touch the deepest part of your life and 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 cause you to be so satisfied like David said, I'm satisfied as with fatness and marrow. Like he, I don't know you know, like what images come in your mind, but I just see juicy and fullness and fatness and marriage, satisfaction that like is beyond what, what somebody else can do. And I look back, you know, so I know what it's like to be single for a period and then to be married thereafter. And I, and I say, you know what, the thing that, that was ultimate for me and helped me was my relationship with God. And it was at a level, once I got married, that relationship changed with God, it changed he, you know he was like satisfying a part of me in that single period of time that I don't experience anymore, In he still satisfies me now, but it's, but it's different, I can't tell you what it was like, it was just it was special, you know and so, it's critical alright, that you you have and you build and you prioritize your relationship with God I'm going to give you some good advice as well um, spiritual family is so important. Um, if you build spiritual family around you, this thing of navigating singleness becomes so safe and so much easier. Um, I know of Christians and I've married them, okay, who aren't in spiritual family and they come and they say to me, uh, I'm getting married and I'm like, awesome. Um, and then they, you know, like they're they're in our church, or, or you know, they know me from campus days, or something like that. And they want to get married, and they want me to help them get married. And and, and I'm like, awesome. So so, do you have a Connect group? What do what do your brothers what do your sis, your brothers say like about this this girl? Um, I don't know. They don't. I don't have any brothers. You know, they they're not in Connect. They're not. They don't have spiritual moms or dads, and they get, and I've never met their. Spouse, you know, or well, the person that they want to marry either, and nobody else has either. And then we have to do this moment where we have to facilitate wedding between these two people. But, but there isn't a witness. There aren't people in that moment going, amen we've watched this journey we've seen them come together we witness with this we we agree with this moment and and there's such a difference i've married couples who've who've done it in spiritual family and the congregation when we say you know like kiss your bride like there's this moment of like yes you know this has been a faith journey this has been like an accountability journey this has been uh there's deep relationships and For them, it almost seems platonic, these other people. It just seems like a transactional thing, you know? There's no witness. There's no advice that's been... They've just done it on their own, you know? And I want to say, like, I encourage you, do it in spiritual family. Make sure that you've got brothers, sisters around you, that that this thing is not like you on your own doing this, okay? It's just wisdom, guys. You can use it or don't, you know? It's just wisdom. Um... Sexual victory. Okay, just throwing out there. All right. We live in a very sexually broken world with multiple sexual addictions in various different ways. And I want to say, like, in your single years, get sexual victory. Um, a lot of people think, I'm going to get married and then I'm going to be okay. <laughs> Finally, you know, I can have sex when I want to have sex. Um, I'll be okay. Um, listen, you, whatever you are, you take into your marriage. It doesn't, like when you say I do, nothing disappears. Nothing goes away. Nothing is like, it's still you with all your your faults and everything. And you carry that into your relationship. And, um, and, I've, and, 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 and is it possible to be single and sexually pure in these days? Of course it is. Of course it is. You know, uh, this gospel, guys, is the power of God unto salvation for every part of us, including our sexuality. You know, so it is possible. Um, Are we living in an incredibly sexually charged time? Yes. So there's a very good likelihood. I'm talking to you guys as um, singles tonight. I'm guessing we're singles. Maybe there's some marrieds here. Okay. Um, As... You've, you've probably come through a lot of brokenness in, in what you've grown up, whether it was abuse, um, you were, maybe you were molested, maybe you were exposed to pornography from young, maybe you've, you've had partners before, maybe you've had sex already, um, maybe you've been raped, I don't know. Okay, But there's a good chance that 90% of us here are, are not virgins. For one other, for one reason or another, okay, that's just the normal stat. Okay, the question is, what do we do with that? Okay, we can't look at marriage as like the fixer for that. We've got to make sure that we get fixed in that, in that moment. And the, and how do you get fixed? You go for counseling. You go for counseling. You confess your past. You talk about it. I, I really, it's it's not cool. We, when we do premarital counseling, I'm going to talk about premarital counseling. One of the questions on premarital counseling for your spouse to know is, were you abused? Were you raped? Don't let that be like the first time you start to deal with that thing. I've sat with couples where we've had to push pause on marriage. Because this is the first time they're going to address their sexual brokenness. And it's like, we can't go to marriage like this, guys. (laughs) Let's push pause on that wedding. But it's in two months. Yeah, let's push pause. Let's make sure that this thing is okay. Because you can't carry that hurt into your marriage night. When you want sex to be great, you don't want to be thinking of that thing or what happened. Or you, you really want to address that thing now in your single years. Don't wait until marriage or you're talking about marriage before you start addressing that Okay, so just good advice. Okay, put it in your top pocket. (laughs) Make an appointment if you need to. Um, And then another one here, some good advice is be ready to serve. Be ready to serve. Marriage, you've got to lose the get mentality. You know, some people look at marriage as like this. Oh, I'm going to get me a man. You know, I'm going to get me a woman. And I'm going to get me, you know, some regular sex. And I'm going to get me someone to make the dish clean and clean the home. And I'm going to get somebody. I'm going to get, get, get me, get me something. Marriage is actually about bless, bless, bless. Okay? It's not about take. Okay? It's about what you can give. Just like... Heads up, the world cannot revolve around you. And then you go into marriage and you think your marriage is going to be okay. You've got to be ready to serve now. In your single years, become the servant of servants. Know what it really means to live for other people. Serve other people, serve their children, serve their lives, serve in your church, serve, serve to the point where it hurts you, where you like, because let me tell you something, as soon as you get into marriage, you're going to feel that thing, all right? Like, number one, nine out of ten marriage counseling moments are purely this, selfishness. I sit with couples and they're like, ah, oh, they did this and ah, oh, they did that, and I'm like, I have to navigate all these like, okay, when did that happen? Okay, and we're trying to solve all this thing and what's the, what's the underneath all that? Selfishness, 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 selfishness. Me, 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 me. When the Bible says, you know what, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church, giving himself for the body. You know what I mean? Like, Christ showed, and the wives respect and honor your husbands in the same way. So it's like marriage is actually about, I'm here for you. And the other person says, I'm here for you. Good marriage. It's going to go well. I can promise you now. Because even if there's something we disagree on, somebody's going to have the heart to say, you know what? I'm going to go with you on this one. (laughs) I'm going to go with you on this one. And and I look at so many married couples, and they are there's fire, and they're throwing things at each other, and they're fighting, and it's just horrible because they haven't learned to really be a servant, just to serve other people. You know, go serve until you got that thing, till yeah. so you really know what it means to like be the be the foot washer. Because I can tell you now, that's what marriage. Is. <laughs> but can I remind you? When you get married, what, what do you say? For better or worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and in health, all right, until death do us part. That's marriage. <laughs> That's what it is. So if they're sick, if they're broke, if they're depressed, if they're struggling, I'm there for you, man. For better or worse. That's what this marriage is. <laughs> A lot of people are like, yes, I'm single now. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah! Oh, glory, <laughs> you know. <laughs> single ain't too bad, actually. <laughs> it ain't too bad. <laughs> uh, like, really, I mean, that is, that is, I know. Okay, I've, like we were reading this marriage devotional, Trisha, that was one time. And it tells the story that they're, they're addressing this issue. They tell the story of this couple. They got married and they were like, like, I don't know, high school sweethearts. And you know, like, it was just a beautiful thing. They got married young. She was in a car crash soon after marriage that deformed her. And he spent the rest of his life looking after her. And, uh, and he said he had to change the shape of his lips to try and kiss her mouth. That's marriage. <laughs> that's for better or for worse, or in sickness and in health. Like, like God forbid, okay? But when you say your vows, that's what you prepared for. For better or for worse, it's like I'm prepared for you might not always be healthy. And I'm here to look after you in that moment. When you're old and you can't remember me. (laughs) Sorry, I'm making this morbid, I know. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, Are are you gonna go? Are you gonna find someone less of a hassle? What are you gonna do? You know, okay, <laughs> let's move on to some more exciting stuff. <laughs> so, the three pieces of advice I gave you with they, they were spiritual family, sexual victory, and be ready to serve. That's what marriage is: be ready to serve. Okay. Um, you, according to the Apostle Paul, it's actually because of this. All right. According to the Apostle Paul, he actually says in one Corinthians seven that it's actually more beneficial to be single. Yeah, he does. He says that, that actually singleness is better than married life. So, you know, we have the balance, all right? We have Genesis where God says it's not good that man should be alone, okay? But then we have the New Testament, all right, where the new covenant, where the biggest priority is God's kingdom, where the biggest priority is people being saved, where people coming to the knowledge of God. Like there's, there's more important things in life than actually getting married and settling down and getting a house, it's the salvation of the world it's the it's the impact of god's kingdom that is number 1 in the new testament it's like top priority and so he says this i want you to be without care he who is unmarried cares for the things of the lord how he may please the lord can we read that sentence altogether can we go but i want you to be without care He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. Keep going. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. When he says this, I say this for your profit, what he's just saying is, guys, let me give you some wisdom. There's this priority called God's kingdom, okay? And when you married, it becomes challenging. Suddenly, you know, there's kids, there's home, there's your wife, there's your spouse. Listen, I have to fight to have time with Jesus. It's, you know, sometimes I wake up and it's like it's a sick kid and it's the, the dog this and it's the home that and the geezer's broken and I'm calling plumbers and it's like, how do I find time to read my Bible this morning? Because the cares of this world, you know? When you're single, you can live so neat, you can just live so... You know what? If the dishes are dirty, it's because they're your dishes, you know? Not somebody else piling up the dishes in the house and you're like, what's going on here, you know? The cupboard is yours, you know? It's your space. Everything is... The money is... It's all yours. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you're earning money, it's all your money right there. Okay, it's all God's money, all right, we know. But you're you're just... It's just you, you don't have to think about like school fees and I was to pay for that, you know, it's, you can live so neat. And what Paul is saying this is you can have such impact. And this is the lie of the enemy. He says this, oh, get this. You can't have impact until you're married. That's the lie of the enemy. That, that, that your life only starts when you get married. People won't take you seriously until you're married. Society won't accept you as a world changer until you are married. There couldn't be anything further from the truth. In fact, in the Bible, you see how the world always flips it. Yeah. And so you walk around as a single person, you're just like, I just need to be married and then I can have an impact. And the Bible says saying, no, it's the other way around. It's like you can be world changer right now. You can, you can study, you can do more degrees, you can, you've got more time, you've got more energy to pray, to seek God, to serve, to make an impact, way more than a married person has. You know, way, way, way more. And so, you, and typically you find like with people with great callings on, and great responsibility on their lives, their spouse really becomes a servant to that. You know, there, there are a lot of people doing great things for God because their spouse is actually saying, you know what, I got the home. I got the kids. I got the time. So that they can actually go and do that. And then there's this big gap left at home because that person's not there because they're making an impact. You don't have that burden as a single person. There's many times where I've been out like on the charge a lot and missing home missing a soccer match or missing something because I can't can't be in two places. (laughs) And sometimes it's more demanding to be here. Single person, you don't have that. You can give yourself to that thing. You can give yourself to it, you know? So uh, I hope you feel affirmed. I really do. I really hope hope you see this is... Singleness is not a burden. It's a great blessing. It's a great opportunity. Okay, so let me just give you a possible route to marriage, and then we're going to wrap. Okay, a possible route to marriage. Please take this and put it into your own cultural context. Please do not be offended if I say anything that is contrary to what you feel is good and right. In this moment, we will tackle online dating, and we will tackle believing, all right? Unbelieving, uh, dating unbelievers, all right? So this is a possible route to marriage. Number one, a lot of people say, Friendship first. Make sure that you're friends first. I say this. I say faith first. Faith comes first. Um, So, if you're. This is a route to marriage, like a road to marriage that we're talking about. I, I say this. I say faith comes first, not friends first. And what do I mean by that? I mean this is that. that you start with God, okay? And you start with what He is saying for your life. You start with your relationship in Him. And, and you determine in your heart that you're going to do this thing called marriage. If God's called you for marriage, all right? That you're going to navigate your single years till that day, putting faith, okay, first, There are many things that I am standing in faith for in my purpose. Many things I'm standing in faith for, okay? In the same way, you need to stand in faith for your spouse. You, I don't know if you get this. And sometimes in my walk, where the things that I know God has promised me and I'm standing in faith for, they take a little long, <laughs> And I, and I can get disappointed and I can get forlorn and I can be like, why isn't it happening yet, Lord? I'm ready, you know. <laughs> I'm ready. Why am I not, don't I have that yet? And I have to faith. I have to faith it. Because the alternative is me then fleshing it or get it giving up. And I don't, I've looked at, those. those don't work. If I start fleshing it, and if I give up, I'm never going to get there. Okay? I have to faith it. I have to faith this thing. It hasn't happened yet, but praise God, He's called me for this thing. I know it will happen. And so I stand in faith for my spouse just like I stand in faith for anything else. Whether it's that job you're trusting in, that promotion, that book you want to write one day, whatever it is, you stand in faith, and you you, you put your trust in Him okay and this is there's this balancing act okay i call it the this balancing act because i don't i don't believe i believe destiny is a dance i believe destiny is is about moving with god okay it's about taking the next step as he takes the next steps that's what i believe destiny is it's this it's this thing when you get to advanced leadership you'll learn more about it okay it's like we do a course on destiny but there's some people who, who believe in fatalism. What will be, will be. Okay, so if God's called me for marriage, then it, will, then it will just happen. That's not faith. Okay, faith requires action. Okay, all right? But now this is why I say it's a balancing act because there are those others who believe in like self-determination where it's all about me doing this thing. It's the flesh, you know? It's like me and my strength okay, it's in the middle somewhere. Where? I can't tell you. I can't tell you. So there are some people who go, God will sort me out with my spouse. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just do what I'm doing. You know what I'm saying? That's not faith. Faith actually requires you maybe to look. (laughs) Faith maybe requires you to go make friends. Faith maybe requires you to take up a hobby where you can meet new people. So, and, and then, but then like the flesh will say, no, no, no. If you want to find someone, you know, go looking, go make friends, go, go get, get a hobby and get around people. You know what I mean? So you can do, you can do it and there's a quite a big difference. Okay, do you, do you see that? There's a big difference between doing that as it's like you doing that or you doing that in faith, in step, with God as God's moving. Okay, so it's like, it's all right, it's a balancing act. Okay, it's not like I'm just going to wait and he's going to do it. All right, it's like I'm I'm going to play my part in this thing. You know, I've heard of stories where women have, you know, gone to the, the store and bought men's clothing and put it on their bed and said, Lord, I trust you. You're going to... You're going to fill these these jeans with a guy, you know what I mean? And lo and behold, they marry a guy with that size jeans, you know what I mean? I don't think you should do that, okay? I'm just telling you (laughs) that there's faith, all right? And you've got to pray your spouse in. You've got to walk in such a way God might require you to do something in the process. Some Christians think it's real holy just to do nothing in the process. Like, I'll just be, I'll just, me and Jesus, man. You know what I mean? We'll just be, we'll be right here. I'm. The, and you know what? You wake up and you're 90 and Jesus has been saying, you know what? I brought so many options your way. Like, what happened? And you're like, Jesus, you didn't give me anybody. It's like, dude, look up, man. You know, <laughs> look around. <laughs> uh, so it's. It's a balance, okay? And so it's possible we can be too picky in this process. um, But it's also possible that we can be not picky enough. Like there are some Christians who are like, okay, right, I'm going to do this God's way. I'm going to do this God's way. So she's got to be like this. She's got to like sing in the worship team. She's got to be like, and there's this long list, 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 list. This person comes along, awesome, amazing woman of God, awesome. And they're like, "Mm, list, 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 list. Nope. Uh, and then, you know, somebody else comes along and they go, mm, list, 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 list. No, you don't match number four on this other. You know what I mean? It's like you get, you can get like ridiculously petty about this thing. I'm going to be honest. I had a list. Trish has like met none of those things on the list. You know, I wanted a blonde girl who would sing in the worship team, who would de- this, So I had this like, l- l- Trish was like, the, in fact, I was so not her list as well, alright, I'll be honest, it's just she'll tell you, I was not the kind of guy she thought her in fact, when her family met me, they were like, this guy's like, geek and skinny and, you know, like, we kind of pictured you more with like a rugby player and, you know, like, like her older, like high school boyfriends and, you know, like that, those kind of guys, you know, like, this guy, like, he's like in ministry and preachers and really, you know? And uh, and and like my family, you know, we were also very they also like, Church, you know like Wayne, you know <laughs> very different to every other girl I've ever dated. Like completely different, you know? And so but God was saying, This is it. This is it. I'm like, but Lord the list you know He's like, Well that's name my list, you know. So so you can be too picky in this thing. But there's also a challenge that you cannot be picky enough. And, and, and then you just browse over like severe shortfalls in their character, like like maybe they're not Christian. Okay, so let's hit the topic there now, all right? <laughs> Can we date unsaved people? No. All right, I'll just say it straight. <laughs> the Bible says this. I'll give it to you. It's in Corinthians. Have you got it there? Um, yeah, there it is. Let's just get this clear, and then I'll circle around to the other. This is Paul in the message. A wife is bound to her husband as long as he lives, but if her husband dies, she's free to be married to whomever she wishes. only in the Lord. So a Christian is not free to marry outside the Lord. And then 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. Okay? What fellowship does light have with darkness? Can there be agreement between the temple of God and the temple of Satan? And the answer is no. Okay? So... Now, you can either negotiate that, work around that. I, I don't know, but that's the word. And for me, I just choose to believe that word. And, so, and that's what I'm going to preach. That's all I'm going to teach. In fact, to the point where if you want to be a leader in this church you, uh, and, and you're dating somebody who is not saved, I'm going to ask you to step down from leadership. Yeah, because the image that we want to put in front of the church is that of being equally yoked. Okay, now you can be like, well, he's kind of saved because he grew up Methodist, and um, does he go to a church? Well, he's he's come a couple times, pastor, but, um, you know, when he's back home, he's got a family church that they sometimes go to. I'm like, okay, like, are you just trying to force this? Like, are you just trying to skirt over this? Are you just trying to not put importance on this? Um not be picky about this issue. Listen, be picky about that issue. Be very picky about that issue. And why? Well, because once again, I've seen it. I know I've sat with couples where one spouse is unsaved. And then this, and they were both unsaved. And one got saved and the other one remained unsaved. And let me tell you something, the struggles. I know, I know people who've come into church all right, and skirted over this issue. He's kind of saved. She's sort of saved, okay? They're not in church anymore. They're not serving the Lord anymore. They've backslid from God. I, I can, I can, I can call out names now. I can even—I'm thinking of couples in my mind who were on, girls who were in our church who were on fire for God. Then this guy came along, and we're like, okay, he's nice, and yeah, he says Jesus. Okay, that's awesome. So yeah, we get married. They're not in church today. They're not serving the Lord. Why? Because his heart's not there, man. He's not a heart. He doesn't have a heart after God. And so, listen, it's, it's like we can either ignore that or we can just obey it and accept it, okay? And if it's hard for you, if maybe right now you, you have a relationship with someone who's not saved, listen, I'm not bringing condemnation to you now, okay? I'm maybe, maybe you're hearing this for the first time. Maybe now it's only coming to like, okay, this is important. Let, we'll help you with that. You know, we're a family here. We can, we can help you navigate that moment and, and walk through that process. But ultimately, when, you become, when it says the two become one flesh, man, it means a lot. <laughs> it really means that everything in them is, is like linked to you. That's why it says if you have sex with a prostitute, you share in her sin. You become a prostitute. But I didn't do what she did. doesn't matter. You're one flesh. Like whatever the soul ties that she's built up, whatever her, it's become, it's like really God sees you as one. So to put two people together where one is on fire for God and one is not, God struggles with that. Okay? And let me tell you something. You will struggle with that. There will come a moment in your marriage where you'll be like, I want to tithe. And the person's like, hmm, how much? 10%. (laughs) Yeah, that's what a tithe is. Sure. I want to go to the prayer meeting tonight. Babe, let's stay home. You know, I want the kids to go to children's church. You know what? Let me take them down to the beach. You, you, Let me tell you something. There are thousands of scenarios like that that I've dealt with and I've seen so often, and I can't imagine God wanting you to have a life like that. I really can't. I, really, I can't. For me, it's like it's hard to accept. I know there's people in our church who have found someone who's not saved, and then they got saved, and they got married, okay? And I praise God for that, but I don't recommend missionary dating. <laughs> 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 I don't recommend finding someone who's not saved and thinking, I'm going to get him saved, and then I've got me a husband, or i got me a wife, okay? It's dangerous. You might not get to that point, Um so, yeah, so look, in this issue, like grace, hey, we walk in grace, if we've made mistakes it's okay we we can help, we can navigate, but like really, the bible's strong. Yeah. do not be any, okay, so so faith first, okay, so put your faith first, um and I want to say this also about preparing and over preparing <laughs> um, I know some people who. Who, who take this word and then they go like this, right, I'm going to get myself ready for marriage. And they don't look up for marriage because the money's not all there, the house is not all there, the, I haven't yet become manager or director yet, I haven't yet finished my PhD, so I'm getting me together. I'm still getting me together and I'll get there one day. Don't do that okay, because sometimes God calls two people together when it's not all there, and you do it together, <laughs> and you you team it, all right, you you don't have the house yet, you know what, It's it, you can do it together, you can rent together for a while, you know what I mean, you don't have to own the thing yet, um, you don't have a car yet, it's okay, you can Uber together, you know what I mean, <laughs> like, there is public transport that you can still take, um, you don't have, like, that PhD yet, it's okay. You can get married as a student. (laughs) You can, all right? So, so, while I am saying prepare, while I am saying prepare is, but don't then, just over prepare. Okay? Don't like, balance. Okay? So, because I know, like I've said it now, and then some of you are like, okay, I'm just preparing. That's it. I'm just going to get me prepared, 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 prepared. You wake up later in life, and you're like, Jesus like, (laughs) <laughs> like you were ready, you know? Um, and I know this this is, a, this is a big thing in African culture. This is huge, okay? And this is a lot of pressure on guys. Like we feel like we don't have enough money yet or we're not earning enough. And then, you know, I can't go to the parents unless there's something to put on the table. And there's this formality thing as well. And listen, just, you know what? Don't put anything on you that God's not putting on you. God says this. Don't forbid marriage. Don't forbid it. It's clear. Don't forbid marriage. I've done secret weddings. I have, to obey the word. I really have. I've married people in my home secretly without their families knowing. Why? Because they're burning with lust and they're struggling with sexual sin and they don't have enough finances to have the big thing and the families are like, Unless there's 50,000, we don't want to talk to you. We don't want to know about this. So what do I do? Do I honor that or do I honor God? And I've known people who've said, you know what? We want to honor God. We want to have a moment. We're going to be married before God. We're going to save money together and we'll satisfy and we'll honor our parents. And later, like six years after they were married, they had a white wedding for their family. And they fulfilled all their family obligations and they honored their parents in every way, but they honored God. <laughs> so like, <I'm, laughs> can you see how complicated this thing is? Sometimes Some of you are like, ah, what's this way? Well, but I, I, can I tell them to knowingly say, say to them, they know they are called for marriage. They know that everything's there, but they don't have the money for it. You can't be married. Bible says, no, do not forbid marriage. If people want to be married, then let them be married. It's clear. So, so, so it's about honoring God. You know, we honor God and then we honor traditions and cultures and families and everything else in that process. Okay. But first God. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So faith first. Can you say faith first? Uh, secondly, friends second first. <laughs> friends second first, all right? So like people a lot of people say friends first. I'm saying faith first, then friends second first, all right? So friends is like the next first, okay? Thereafter, after you've covered their faith right? all right, and the balance act. Um, friends, like marry your friend. Marry a good friend. Marry someone that you are, that you have a friendship with. Like make friends and then choose your spouse from your friends. You know what I mean? Like it's, (laughs) you know, it's like, if have it in your mind that I'm going to make friends, I'm going to have friends and, and have lots of friends. You know what I mean? But and let your spouse be your friend. I've seen some people who make marriage very mechanical, where it's, it's actually more of like a formality than it is a relationship with somebody. Um, and I've seen this, and I've, I've even married people like this who, it's more of like, okay, you want to get married, I want to get married, so we're going to get married. But, like, there's no deep friendship there. There's no, like, real deep relationship there. It's more of, like, a formality thing. Um, Like, marriage, at the end of the day, Trish is my best friend. She's my best friend. Like, I can't do life without Trish. I love Trish. She's awesome. You know, even, like, (laughs) I I just, yeah, okay. (laughs) We, I enjoy her company i like i like to be around we have conversations you know what i mean we talk that like that's what marriage is it's not this like okay i'll pick up the kids at this time and you will do the dishes and then we'll meet for dinner at this time and then it's like and you play your wife role and i'll play my husband role and it's and then we you know we have sex you know because we have sex that's what married people do but there's no relationship there's like no friendship um Make sure it's friends first. How do you how do you make friends? Well, firstly, find common interests. So in your single years, make sure you have interests. Make sure you are out there in a sports club, in a running club, in a art classes, um, in I don't know photography classes, or just be around things that you're interested in, things that you know God's called you to. And, and that's where you should make friends. Friends should be people with common interests. At the end of the day, that's what friends are. You know, that's why a lot of you are friends is because you have a common interest in church and God that brought you together. So it's the same with, like, running. Running can actually bring friends into your life, all right, because it's a common interest. You enjoy doing things together. Um, I, my marriage is built on common interests. Trish and I do sport together. You know, we, do, we love doing the same stuff together. So find common interests. How else do you find friends? You can also find friends online. <laughs> Let's talk about online dating <laughs> on that note. <clears throat> online dating, is it, okay, wait, stats first. 84% stated that they were using online dating service to look for a romantic relationship. 43% used online dating for friendly contact and 24% for sexual encounters in, in, in one survey in 2017. Um, the world has changed because of online dating. 84% is a very high statistic. All right, There are loads of dating sites out there Maybe you're on some of them, okay? And for a lot of Christians, it's like, can we really do this? Like, is this allowed? Isn't this like taking God out the process? Because now I can take my list and I can go, tall, dark, Christian. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then I can go click search. And then I can go, okay, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like, 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 you know? Uh, not like, not like, 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 like. You know, like, is... Oh, isn't this whole online thing taking God out of the process? Um, the online world, let's be honest, is a very sexual world. It's a place where people can, where, let's be honest, there's a lot of sexual predators. I mean, it's, there's a, the biggest sites are sex porn sites. I mean, let's, they are the biggest, the most searches is you know like not by like a little bit like okay, people were searching money like um and then like it was sex was close, no like sex by millions upon millions and millions, you know that's how much more, okay, so the internet is is when Christians look at the internet, they see this is a sexual thing, okay, and God has said no sexual immorality, so we've said internet equals sex and immorality, therefore, as a Christian, it's not for me, okay? And I understand that logic because there is a lot of dodgy stuff out there, okay? And you can get caught up in dodgy stuff and it's dangerous stuff and, it's, and blah, 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 there's a lot of bad stuff there. However, and this is just my opinion, I still believe that Christians can date online, okay? If you don't, like awesome, I'm not telling you to go date online at all, okay? I still believe there's room for it. At the end of the day, I see the internet is not sex. It's a tool, okay? The times have changed. We're not meeting people like we used to. We're, society has changed. Community has changed. We've, we've, we're not the same world as what like, our parents lived in. And how they found each other is not the way we find people today, okay? So I feel like the internet has a role in people's lives. I've married people who've met on the internet and are happily married um, so I've seen it actually be used as a tool that God a God tool okay now remember I said faith first okay then friends and that means online okay they're uh, friends as well all right so as a Christian you need to know has God opened this to you or not okay? And and if you feel like this is a violation of your faith, then don't do it. You know, for some of you, you might feel like this is, I'm I'm not trusting God by doing this, and I'm putting myself at risk. Then don't do it. But if you feel like actually this is okay, you know, then I think it's okay. However, I'm going to say there needs to be some serious boundaries around it because of the danger element. Um, I chatted with. With, with someone in our church who engaged in online dating and I asked them to put some advice together. Okay. Are you still okay? We're going a bit late, eh? Are you all right? Okay, all right. Front row's good, all right. To, um, if you do online dating, this is what they recommend from their experience. They said, tell a friend that you're going to be doing it. Um Make sure that you are fully accountable, that they can look at everything that you're doing on it. Um, Find a site that's not sexually charged, all right? Um, Go through the whole thing. Uh, When you're doing your profile photo, don't do revealing attire in your photos, especially the woman. Don't do revealing photos in any way. Um, It's not about getting other people excited, it's about showing who you are. Um, don't lie in your profile. Say the truth about who you really are. You know what I mean? Like carry your faith into this, you know, like, is this okay that I do this Lord? Um, once you've started a chat with person, don't ever give personal information like your phone number or your address or your WhatsApp, um, stay safe. Don't go on a chat late at night or early mornings, um, there are a lot of predators, okay, out there. Um, find out if people are, are married. Once, you're, uh, once you've made a connection with somebody, don't just give your contact, find their Facebook profile and, and check their life out first. Um, when you feel comfortable, then you can start sharing. And when your accountability agrees with your accountability friend, tell them that you've exchanged numbers. If you're ever going to do a live meeting, make sure your accountability friend knows, or they come with you. Um, don't ever go. Uh, Where's this? Sorry, if it comes to tell your accountability friend, um, meet in a public place. Have your own means of transportation. Make sure your phone is fully charged and, and they has airtime so you can make emergency calls. Don't meet too late at t- t- night. Make sure you're doing it with your friends. So this is this is just good advice, okay? And so can you see there's a lot of, like don't, 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 don't. So, th- so uh, what I'm saying is this thing is dangerous, okay? And it can really, it can either be a blessing or it can actually like really harm you. And so I, I can't say yet, o- online dating is evil. I really can't because I like think it, it's, it's a means, it's a tool by which society works today and how we meet people, okay? We meet people online, all right? And, and so it's just like meeting somebody in a running club. You know what I mean? It's, but there's that element of, you could meet somebody in a running club and they could fake themselves, okay? Online, they can also fake themselves. So there's real dangers in both places. We can't like over-dangerize the one to the other, okay I mean, so I'm saying it's okay, but please, there's serious boundaries around it, <laughs> okay, did you have a question, no, no one had a question here, okay, thirdly, you've found someone, faith first, friend second first, you've made a friend, then this next thing is seek God and seek counsel, okay, if you really feel like this is maybe your spouse, fast, Pray, ask people to fast with you, pray with you. Don't just go ahead with this thing. Make sure that you're doing this thoughtfully. Next, communicate. Now, this is really important. It's like if you see this as a possible relationship, that you communicate and you communicate clearly about that. Not, I had a dream and I feel like God has said, that you and I will be married. Please don't do that. That's just putting pressure on them. You know, I've had so many girls count, come to Trish, counseling Trish, and say, this guy has told me he's had a dream. I don't, and like we're like, do you know him? No. And they like genuinely feel obligated by this dream that this guy had. And we're like, listen, toss that thing, you know? <laughs> take that dream, t- tell him to take that dream. And put it somewhere, because it don't belong on you, okay? Uh, like, when you communicate, communicate your feelings and your emotions, but do it in a way that it gives the other person the freedom to make their own cho- choice, respect their will, okay? If somebody approaches you and says, I'm feeling like this is more than a friendship, and you don't, please communicate, I don't. <laughs> Please. Like really save yourself some pain. Save them some pain. Like it might feel like oh can I really say that? I some people get into relationships just because they can't say no. Seriously. They just can't say no, I don't feel this thing. They feel sorry for the person. And then their boyfriend and girlfriend for a while and the other person's thinking marriage and I found the one and they're like I'm sort of, I'm not sure yet, I'm getting there. Like, no, 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 no. Don't go anywhere until you know for sure. Go back to pray. Rather say, you know what, I'm going to go pray and seek counsel. All right? And then come back to that moment. Okay. Then courtship. After prayer and counsel, uh, after you've communicated, courtship. What is courtship? Courtship, what is the difference between courting and dating? Courting is doing is dating accountably. No, let me say it like this. No, it's not dating accountably. Courtship is going on a journey towards marriage in an accountable way. That's better, okay? So courtship is like, it's not you and me and we figuring this thing out. Courtship is like we take this relationship to other people and we say, speak into this relationship. Journey with us. Help us on this walk. We we don't want to do this alone. That's what courtship is. And so courtship is... Accountable, it's in the light. Um, Dating is something you do in the dark. It's like, you know, it's like me and this person, and we're hooking up and we're building this relationship, but nobody knows about it. It's not in the light, you're not accountable. So stuff's happening, you know. Um, courtship, if stuff happens, you quickly bring it out and you say, yo, stuff's happened. Speak, help, you know, we're crossing boundaries. Give us wisdom, give us guidance. When do you think we should get married? You know, there's, it's a, courtship is about saying we're here and we're not going to do this alone. Okay. Um, and then finally, after a period of that time, get engaged, do la bola, whatever the next step is. Okay. Um, all different cultures, different ways of doing this thing. But but whatever you do, make that special. <laughs> you know, this is like the next step. And then f- after that step, importantly, premarital. Now, I want to clear this up very quickly. Premarital is not like this. It's like, hey guys, we want to get married. Can we do premarital? Uh, okay, when are you getting married? Next week. <laughs> it's like... The premarital, like it needs to start like four months minimum before you married. Like that's, like if anything more than close to that, like I'm going to be marrying a couple like soon. Um, no one here, don't <laughs> um, And I'm, I'm really having to do premarital with them the week they, before they get married because I won't marry anyone unless they do premarital. And it's like, I really don't like doing that because stuff's going to come out in that time and do we have the ability to deal with it before that? It's like we're just ticking a box so we can get married. No, premarital is not that. Premarital is a rigorous process. In this church, you will fill out a questionnaire like you have never seen before. Let me tell you something. You will be asked every... You'll look at that thing and go, yo. And, and then you, that's going to be given to the other person. It's going to be your childhood. It's going to be your growing up. It's going to be your emotions. What do you struggle most with in your personality? What sins have you seen? What You know, just all the stuff. If you've done courtship right, it's not scary. If you've done courtship where you've journeyed, in courtship you've read marriage books, you've educated yourself about marriage, you've walked with other couples, and you've done a course or two, it's not it's not scary at all. But let me tell you something. If you're just like, now I've got to do premarital because I'm going to get married. It's like, it's like, it's deep, man. It's like, whoa, okay. don't worry. You're laughing because you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's really deep. And please don't put that pressure on us as pastoral staff. Like, we've got to marry you now. And we've got to like just tick this box of premarital. We won't marry you unless you do it. But don't do it just to tick the box. Make sure you come. The best thing would be is, you you know what? You're going to get married in December. It's January. And you come and you tell us, we're going to get married in December. Now, I know it doesn't always work like that because of time and life and everything. But this is the best case scenario. We start premarital in February. That gives us lots of time to really deal with this thing. And we do one appointment a month. And we really go deep in that one appointment. And then you've got another month. To talk about it. Maybe go get a book on that thing that was raised. You're going to talk about the role of a husband. You're going to talk about the role of a wife. Can you know what you're going to do in premarital? The husband, all right, to be, is going to fill out a form that, okay, and the the wife's going to fill out a form, and they're not allowed to see each other's answers until they come together for counseling. And the husband's going to have written there the role of what he thinks a husband is. Okay? And she's going to have written what the role of a husband is. And then you're going to come, having not seen what each other have written, and you're going to come to premarital. And we're going to sit there with your answers, the man. Okay, I'm going to use you guys. All right, because you're here, front row. Okay? And what the man, what he thinks the, um, a husband should do and what she thinks a husband should do. And, and we're going to say, okay, swap forms. Okay? And okay. I'm going to say, Noko, tell us what does he think is the role of a husband? Read that. And then you, I'm going to say... Mukhale, what does she think is the role of a husband? Would you read what she thinks is the role of a husband? And then we're going to ask you, Mukhali, do you think you agree with that? (laughs) What don't you agree with? And we're going to have a moment. And we're not going to just talk about the role of a husband or the role of the wife. We're going to talk about the role of in-laws as well. What role do in-laws play in this thing? We're going to talk about money. And it's very interesting. I've sat with people and they go, well... Uh, I'm the breadwinner, she must stay at home, um, I will give her a budget every month, da, 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 da. and she's like, we're going to be a dual income home, his money and my money are going to go into one part, and, and then we're going to, and you're going to read her answers, and she's going to read his answers, and then we're going to go, okay, let's talk about that. <laughs> We've got to solve this before you say, I do. We've got to make sure we get to that, that wedding day with a financial plan. And that afterwards, because otherwise, if you do it properly, otherwise you're going to come back to me a year later and you're going to be like, we're fighting about money. And I'm going to have no foundation to go dig up your form and say, but okay, what what was the problem? I'm going to have no form to go to you. Because <laughs> you, you didn't have a financial plan before you got married. You didn't give that attention. So how important is premarital sex? Let's talk about sex in premarital. He's like, you know, six times a week, baby. She's like, you know, I see sex as like, you know, romance and, 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 you know, different views on what, okay, let's talk about that. How do we come to agreement? Unless the two agree, how can they walk together? The Bible says, <laughs> See, you're like, I'm happy to be single. <laughs> so premarital is important. And please give us time to do it properly. It will only bless your life. Final step, get married. Okay. That's, that's a possible journey. Phew. <laughs> really? Oh my goodness. <laughs> let's, let's pray right now. <laughs> uh, okay. There's a lot in that. here, yeah. <laughs> And I think you got a lot tonight. Um, I'm going to leave it there. Yeah. That's a possible road to marriage. It's just wisdom. Are there any questions from the the floor tonight? (sighs) Anybody, let's have some Q&A. Anything you need me to clarify? Please don't leave here with something unclarified in your mind. Oh, it normally takes one person to ask and then the like... (laughs) So... We're we're those people who who are always first people. Go for it. Go for it. There's normally those people who are first peoples. Go for it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Just want to ask maybe like we as young people, I have something which I like the most, like maybe reading or playing sport or something. Such that uh, I'm obsessed in a, with that thing I like that I can't even like have the time to assess that person. Like, mm, is he cool or what? How do you like uh, turn your emotions into giving time into these things? You know what? Today I'm closing this programming thing. No more books. I have to look for a person whom I'm gonna stay with for
0: the rest of. My <laughs> uh, I, I think this was when I was saying like being over prepared or being under prepared. You know, like don't don't have this thing in your mind where you like this is what I'm gonna do now, and then I'll think about marriage, or don't have this like I'm gonna think about marriage now, and let me do accomplish this marriage goal and put everything else on hold. I'm I'm saying walk in a balance. Walk in a balance where you're not too closed and you're not, you're not actually determining the season. You're allowing God to determine the season. And, and let it be a natural part of life. And this is, this is actually such a good point because, like, I think I said this earlier, but, like, a lot of people do this. They go, I'm going to get everything together, everything together, and then I'm going to look for a spouse because everything is together. Like, I, I just don't think that's natural. Okay? I think it's good that you get things together, but don't be so wrapped up in it that you can't actually be open to the idea that God can give you someone when everything's not all together. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Any, anybody else got one? Ask a question for Clara. She was <laughs> Who do we give the mic to? Maybe we'll put it in the middle. <laughs> no, I think
3: it I think the pressing question that I had for me was just around dating, you know, non-believers because I'm finding myself in, in a season where a lot of the guys that are actually approaching me are actually, you know, non-believers and they sort of like tick all the other, all the other boxes where it's just like, oh my gosh, you know, they're doing this. They seem to be walking in purpose. They seem to, you know, be doing this, this, this and that. But I think you, yeah, but like you, you did address it, right? not only from like a scriptural perspective, but also in the sense that also when you, when you meet someone and you also start walking outside of your purpose, you know, that's when you also actually know that's, you know, you, you stop the relationship even before it starts, you know, for the fact that you actually, you find yourself now walking outside of what God has called you to do in order to be with, you know, the other person or to accommodate them. So I think my question, you've answered it. Yeah
0: emphasizing it, because um, it's real to you at the moment. Um, and this is, yeah, guys, I think this is a real battle, like really, because we live amongst the people who don't believe and who don't carry the values that we do. And guess what? Some of them are really attractive and really nice people. And actually, you know what I mean? Like they're really good people. And we're not talking about like, you know, demonized people, you know, we do like, um, but they're not. For God, you know, and so I know this. This can be like super, super struggle, um, but faith first. Faith first. Put God first. I'm like, I I know the enemy uses relationships as a tool to take people away from their destiny. I know he does. I've seen it so many times, um, and you've got to you've got to be like my purpose in God. My faith is first, and then God's going to do this thing, okay? And he's going to do it according to the book. <laughs> he's not going to violate his book. Um, and faith says, I believe you can. The enemy says this. He says, you're never going to find a guy in church. There's no guys in church. There's no girls in church, like, that you're really attracted to. You know what I mean? Like, you know, change your church, or, you know, like... Uh, like really he'll 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 try and get you to really believe i yeah yeah <laughs> i'm gonna share two personal examples, okay, from my life, okay, I was like apostle paul like you know i'm gonna I'm gonna just do this thing um trish i I was in in his people' church, okay Trish was with God one day and she said i'm gonna move you to your husband's church and And he gave her a scripture, the gates of hell, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over it. She walks into our church in Brettonwood High School, which was probably at that time about 600 students, you know, just (laughs) worshiping God. All right. And the the banner at the top of the the church said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail over it. She knew God had moved her to the church. She looked around and she was like, oh, I'm going to marry a black guy cool. (laughs) That's what she thought. (laughs) But lo and behold, there was one single white guy, (laughs) which God actually hooked up for her. Um, You know, so that God, I'll move you to your husband's church. So that's what, and she knew, and God confirmed it and brought it there. My middle sister, I called her my little sister. She got married at 38 years old. All right. She, My goodness, she was like, she's like the naughty one. You know, she was just like, she just did life on her own page. Like really, she's she's a designer. She's an artistic person. She is just like, she's out the box. She doesn't fit in anybody's box, okay? Beautiful, beautiful girl, which, you know, is actually a challenge uh, because beautiful girls always attract Mr. Wrong. And her story was Mr. Wrong and then Mr. Wrong B and then Mr. Wrong C, and then Mr. Wrong, but he had a Porsche, but he was Mr. Wrong D. You know what I mean? And that's her, that was her story. And during that time, I said to her, join a church. Join a church. She's like, there are no guys in church. That's what she would say to me. There are no guys in church. Finally, at the age of 37, she joined a church. She was married at 38. There were, and a guy in that church. Like, you know, I, don't, I can't tell you the value of planting yourself in the house of the Lord and trusting and having faith. And you call that marriage in. You faith that thing. You know what I mean? Just like you faithful finances, you, you, you call it in in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you you've called me to, to be married. I know you've called me. Some of you are called to be single. Praise God, you know? It's more desirable according to the New Testament. The New Testament. It's more desirable, you know? Um, But if you called for marriage, you know God has called you for it, you've got to faith it. You've got to be like, you can't get into that, let the enemy go, you've got to do this in your own strength, or you've got to compromise your values in some way. When he came to Jesus and he said, look at all these kingdoms, I will give them to you, just bow down and worship me. Just bow down and worship me. What did Jesus come for? All those kingdoms. Okay, so what he tries to do is he tries to, Give us what we've been promised, but in a wrong way. In a way that compromises God, okay? And Jesus was like, get behind me, Satan. So he's going to come do the same to you. You're waiting for your spouse, and he's going to say, I'll give you a spouse. Just compromise on that 1 Corinthians 7 and 1 Corinthians 6 thing, and just compromise on the whole being in a church thing. Here he is. Tall, dark, and handsome. (laughs) You know? And and what, what are you gonna do? Get behind me, Satan, right? <laughs> Any other questions? Uh I don't
1: know if my question makes sense. So uh let's say you're approached by someone, the person says, I like you and everything, and you don't feel the same way about it. So my question is, is it possible to be friends with that person. Is it advisable? Uh, how do you go yeah. forward? Maybe on the part of way. Maybe you feel you can be friends, but is it is it advisable? Yeah, yeah
2: I think sure. that's my question. Um,
0: that's a good question. The answer is I don't know. <laughs> um, you you're gonna have to figure that out for yourself because every I, there's no like one. It could be yes or it could be no and it depends on how much they're attracted to you and how far that thing had gone in their heart and how close you were before or how not close you were before. So it's, once again, faith, trust God, what is God saying? Um, sometimes the best thing is actually just to, other times it's like, don't be weird. Like just <laughs> to keep the friendship there. To say, listen, I really like you as a friend. Let's keep it there and then let it go. Forgive and forget, yeah. you know, and, and move on with friendship and have, enjoy the person as a friend. I don't, I don't know what the answer is, um, but I, yeah, I, I do know that like we shouldn't stigmatize people or look, you know, funny at them for, you know, yeah, you know, I was looking at the newspaper and it's like, it says, um, what was the headline, uh, racist Vicky gets bail. Do you see that? I'm like, shame, man. That girl, that's her life now. She's racist Vicky. And in your mind, you can be like, there's Chancer Joe. <laughs> or there's, you know what I mean? Like, there's <laughs> that girl, that, that hungry girl, you know? That label someone, you know? <laughs> um, like, you've got feelings. You're attracted as well. Like, just, let's walk this thing in grace let's walk this thing in grace and like not label each other <laughs> was there another one question but that's a good question yeah come on uh since
4: you're very good at conducting secret marriages i've got three people that i've, <laughs> I've got three people that i'm keen on getting married to so i just want to find out if you could be able to connect a marriage with each of them in secret yeah, people that I'm keen on getting married to. So just wanted to find out if you can conduct a marriage in secret with each one of them.
2: Are you about no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh,
4: my, my, question <laughs> my question is, uh, how do you handle dating a person who's a believer but comes from a family of non-believers? Like, how do you draw the line? Because family will always be involved. So how do you handle that?
0: So we're going to solve that in premarital. <laughs> like, really, that is a, a premarital thing. And we will talk about boundaries there, and we'll talk about what you agree with and what you don't agree with. Um, yeah, because family is important. We've got to honor them, but we also got to draw a line and say, we are going to be building this type of home now. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just something that you have to navigate in premarital. And... Yeah, and every situation's different thereafter. Um, yeah. So, and then obviously trust God for their salvation. Goodbye, my babe. <laughs> See you later. There's one here.
2: over here. Thank
1: you, Okay, um, I'm just curious, right? <laughs>
3: Asking for a I'm asking
1: for a friend. <laughs>
3: <laughs> um, I
1: just want to ask, like, what do you do if you receive the promise? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yes.
4: Um, okay, so just to understand your question, you, oh yeah, your friend's question, <laughs> for your friend, for your friend. <laughs> so um, your friend has received a promise from another person or from God? Oh, okay. Um, uh, that's, that's actually a very interesting one, because um, I've got experience with, with that one. Um, how, however, how I would answer it is that it's probably not okay. Let me let me start here. Um, we were talking about faith, and we we're talking about how it's good to to live this thing out all in faith, etc. Um, however, I would um, I would discourage someone to to lock their target on just one person um and and the reason why i'd say that is because sometimes um we hear in part um that's what that's what the bible says you know um and you you might get this revelation and you might see this thing happening which is what happens to a lot of guys um, they sit there, they sit with brothers, they they pray, and they 're like, "No, this is my wife, you know um, and they can come to the they can come to the girl, and the girl is like no i, I don 't see it that way or i 'm not feeling what you 're feeling or i 'm not receiving what you 're receiving from God you know um, so the opposite can happen as well, where the guy doesn 't actually see that or doesn 't um, necessarily get what you 're getting." Um and also you you could overlook um a couple of other people who who could genuinely have been your husband, you know they could have um yeah so yeah i think but it it the, the your question also boils down to a a, a world view of do you think that there is just one person in the world that God has called for you or Um, (laughs) you know, or, (laughs) or is it, 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 can it be a couple of other people? Um, but all of them are, uh, 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 what's this word I'm looking for? They are, um, suitable to you because that's what, that's what God talked about that I've gotten someone that is suitable for you. Um, and my own personal opinion on looking at this matter, studied it a lot, um, is that it can actually happen with a lot. For the first reason that I said, that we see in part, and we can also miss things. So God can talk to us about something, but then you might not get it, but or someone else might not get it. You know. However, it doesn't necessarily mean that if that one Joe um, has messed up then now you, you're stuck in limbo for the rest of your life. Um, I fail to reconcile in my heart how God could justify that, you know, when he sees marriage as such an important um, part of our lives. Um, I hope that answers your question. My wife would like to add some spice.
1: I have a name, thank you. <laughs> but um, I think just to add to that, also sometimes it's easy to like if you're attracted to a person and you're like oh my gosh that guy's awesome or that girl's awesome and then you go to god and you're like god could this be my husband or could this be my wife like sometimes we hear what we want and then we hold on to that when it was not god but it was our own heart and our own feelings that made us think that god was the one that was saying this is it and then now you're like focused on "Ah, that is my husband or that is whatever and you find yourself Sometimes you pray prayers. Winston used to like to call them witchcraft prayers. (laughs) No, for reals. Because then you're like, that is my husband, and you're praying, and you're investing into that one person when God is, like, not even there. And, like, it's very dangerous. So it's important to, in those situations, like, really ask yourself that question. Was it God or was it just me? Because it can be very dangerous. Yeah.
2: And you any. Yeah. Um, don't even know how to hold this. Um, mine is on. Okay, mine is on uh, interchurch marriages. I have to put in my mouth. Then. Awesome. Okay, it's on interchurch marriages because. Uh, you get churches which are. Very different in terms of practices. And I can imagine, like, if you're from this kind of a church, then, or marry a prophet's son or something, that church, yes. or marrying maybe a sabbatical, because they're very different when it comes to their practice. You get people not believing in hitting drums, or this loud music, or just how they do life is different, but they are saved and committed. And you are saved and committed, just that you're doing enough and how do you yoke that one, one. Yeah.
4: Um, i think we've we've had a lot of examples um, like that in this church as well um, look I think the 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 first thing is looking at um, what 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 type of church is it? it is a Bible, Bible believing church, um, and 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 all of that stuff. But then at the at the crux of that whole thing is that there's an agreement. There's supposed to be an agreement between the two people, um, and and also there are two pastors. So. I can, okay, let me let me first try to give a couple of examples to to make sense of what I'm saying. Um, we've had a guy who came to this church, and he met a lady who went to another church, um, which was a bit more traditional than our church, and um, so we we tad more liberal when it comes to relationships than their church was. Um, Wayne did alloc- allude to some, certain churches. You're not allowed to see someone by yourself. You need to allocate a certain someone, and so forth. You know. So um, each case is different, um, but you need to, to to take it as it comes. So with that particular um, scenario, we you 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 have to um, honour. You have to honor cultures and traditions, um, and also other people, you know, so where, where, where there's a church and it has certain, um, ways of doing things, um, then you do all you can to honor that within the the, 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 word of God and within limits, you know, so there, there needs to be honor of their processes, um, and also honor of, of both processes, actually. But then you, you work it out, um, as the, as the two people and also, um, there's also the question of which church do you go to afterwards um traditionally it was you go to the male church the male guy's church you know um however in this day and age that's also a conversation that can be had um i don't know if you want to add
0: at, at the end of the day marriage is about the two becoming one so you can't be married to someone and be in different churches so somebody needs to change and change quick. <laughs> That's it. Make a decision. Is it here or is it there? Do that because you can't grow, you know, altogether living in different congregations. Um, so and unless two agree, they can't walk. So marriage is ultimately about agreeing on every major thing so that you can be one together. So um, it has happened. It can happen. Uh, it does happen, and but the key point is make the change. Somebody's got to make the change at the end of the day. Um, and, and some people don't want to in that moment, and that's when it becomes hard. Um, but if you call to that th- marriage, make the change. Yeah. Amen. Can we wrap for the night? Amen. It's getting late. All right. Can can we maybe just close with some prayer? You guys stand to your feet, stretch your legs a little. Um, we, if you are called for marriage, I want you to know that as a church, we are praying for your spouse. Like really, I, I really.